Hello and welcome to Feminist Frequency Star Trek podcast. Today we are diving into the last two episodes of Star Trek Discovery Season 3. That's episodes 12 and 13. I'm your host, Anita Sarkeesian, and guess who's back? Our fave number one, Ebony Adams. Hey, everybody. What you been doing while I've been gone? <laughs> Holding down the fort badly. What you been up to? <laughs> uh, right before we get started, though, I just want to say a big, big, huge thank you to the entire Feminist Frequency community for helping us make our end of year campaign such an enormous success. Because of your generosity this year, we'll be able to expand the game's hotline and... Uh, the hours of the game's hotline <laughs> and be there for even more people when they need it. So thank you so, so much. Yeah. Thanks for being awesome people. Yeah. They're great. All right, Ebony. I'm so excited to have you back. Me too. Anita. So um, back when I told you like, yo, you know, um, I'm going to have to bow out of the Star Trek podcast this season. Cause I got so much going on with work and you were like, whatever, only rats desert a sinking ship, you know? And I was like, come on, <laughs> be nice to me. And you were like, no, I never liked you. So anyway, wow. I'm back. I've been I don't, looking I don't think you have receipts this. for that. I don't, I don't think that that's what happened. I'm pretty sure those emails came from you. So I don't know. Agree <laughs> or disagree. Anyway, so what had happened was I've been watching this season on my own, which is never as fun as when you and I are like watching it, you know, in tandem, um, what's happening to each other back and forth being like, yo, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Especially what's going on with that hair. I like that outfit, whatever. Right. You know, just giving the people the high quality yeah. Star Trek responses that they've come to expect from us. But just, you know, the two of us on WhatsApp. So it's been not as enjoyable watching it on my own and not knowing that like the next day I'm going to get to holler into a mic um, with you about it. But I do have opinions, which I will share with you <laughs> on the episode. So if you have listened to previous seasons of the Star Trek Discovery Recap Freecast, I know it's not called that anymore, um, you know what you're getting from this episode. So, you know, like, listen or not, but no excuses from this point forward. Well, we've had... Um we actually had a really great guest. It's been yeah, it's been did. nice. It's been a nice opportunity Having to knowledgeable bring in people in the guest <laughs> chair. <laughs> no, but it's been a nice opportunity to like pull in a larger like feminist frequency community folks and get different perspectives and opinions. I want to shout out um Annalie Newitz who came on and had wild ass conspiracy theories that you're like, Yo, oh, Annalie, but maybe listen, that's true. <laughs> listen, when they opened up their brain on this show, I could only say like, yes, this. It was a good thing that I wasn't the the co-host this season because your guests brought it. They oh, that's not really, true. We still love you, but um, but like you know, it but was I mean, cool like, to have like have been doing like serious thinking. Maybe serious is the wrong word. Yeah, no. deep thinking about Star Trek um, and about this kind of media in really really interesting ways, as opposed to just like the bumblefuck you know response <laughs> I'm totally gonna give you, which is it. like yeah. which is like give me the mirror universe. I want to make out with someone in the mirror universe. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening this week. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, we, we, we're, we're fake fans. It's fine. Whatever. That's why we bring on the real people. But having folks like Bobak from uh, NASA be like, hey, here's some science facts. You're like, cool. Yeah. Or like, yeah. you know, people it's who are just like fuck. way bigger fans than we are being like, well, this one time on this one episode. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I love this. I love yeah. this. This is great. 
So no, and I, it's I been appreciate great. actually not being on those shows because I'm able to occasionally do that to you and be like, oh, well, in the original series, you know, this happened or, you know, this happened in Deep Space Nine. So this is a callback or whatever. Right. And, you know, I get to feel smug and I'm feeling myself. But <laughs> those people like are doing it for real. So I would have just had to like sit there and, you know, eat my food and be embarrassed. Yep. Um, and just yeah. like me. Mm-hmm. It's, you get I don't like it. Like Turnabout is fair play and I don't like it. <laughs> but I have to say that the fans are are like cl- clamoring for a hair report. So I hope you're ready because. Oh, yeah, I know they are because y'all, you see my reach. You see the effect that the hair report has. Anita. I Anita. I know. The hair this season was exponentially better. I'm not saying it was great, but I'm saying it was exponentially better than it has been in the past two seasons. Come on. I mean, I, yes. that's not even it's in, it's inarguable that that's the case. And I know for a fact, OK, like get with the science It's the effect of the hair report. Like <laughs> finally, Hollywood has like, OK, this woman can no longer be denied. She's got a following. She's you know, she's got impact. And, you know, I made some changes. I was the change I believe in. I feel like you need to start a website called The Hair Report in the same way there's that site that's called like worn on TV. And then they're like, this is where you can find the $500 T-shirt that was like tattered on Sabrina or whatever. But like The Hair Report where it just like breaks down every show and every episode about whether the hair was okay or not. (laughs) You know, I would love to. But you know how they say like you need to be um, wary of turning your hobby into a business. Yes. You know, <laughs> the hair report is special because I give it to you That's and to true. our listeners of this podcast. That's true. It's not for everybody. Well, so how are you feeling? Like, okay, we had you on at the very beginning, but we've had mm-hmm. many. So we've had such a journey with the Discovery crew since then. Like, yeah. before we get into episodes twelve and thirteen, and just talk about like the ending of this mm-hmm. this journey. Like, how? Where have you landed? How are you feeling about this season? Okay, I'm gonna keep it one hundred with you, Anita. I don't know. I do not know. And that is because, well, for one thing, I just watched the uh, season finale. You know, I watched it Thursday night, but I'm still kind of processing where I'm landing. Um, Obviously, there are the big things to to think about, like, you know, Michael, you know, finally occupying the captain's chair, like officially, you know, um, for, you know, probably a long time. Um, there is the fact that her wig looks better. (laughs) There's a lot for me to process, but no, I mean, we'll get into this, but one of the things that I, I was thinking was that I have had more definite reactions during seasons one and two than I did in season three. And that's because for me, anyway, the highs and the lows were so much more distinct in the first two seasons. Season three, you know, has become much more sure of itself, you know, and it's more consistently okay. And I don't mean that, you know, like purely in a pejorative sense, like it's, eh, it's just okay. I mean, it's just, it's, it's okay. So, you know, like consistently week on week, I'm not like blown away by how just like terrible something is, you know, or how amazing something is. It's just, a, it's a much more like, you know, kind of solid B show, so it's taking me a while to formulate like where I'm ending up um, on on this season. Oh, like I don't know yeah. that I actually like rolled off the couch laughing this season <laughs> the way that I used to in seasons one and two because some of that shit 
absolutely made my brain leak out of my ear. But this time I was just like, oh, okay, like I'm on board. This is what this show is. This is who these people are. Cool, 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 tight, 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 you know. So I don't know. My 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 reaction to the season as a whole is I'm not sure of my reaction yet. All right. All right. Yeah. What about you? I like this season better than any other season by like well, that's not leaps hard. and bounds. But yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's not hard. Um I like, you know, I think that there are ups and downs. Like there's some episodes that are, you know, better than others, which every like whatever, every show is like that. But I think the show finally found its footing. Like when I went to the website today to to pull the um the recaps, I was like I saw this like the screenshot for the very first episode from the first season. It was like this was hot garbage. Like I just had this memory of like who they didn't know what to do with Michael. They didn't know what mm-hmm. to do with the story. They were like <clears throat> they were really struggling I think um to to figure that out. And this season felt like a lot more solid. It felt like mm-hmm. a better story. It felt like they understood who these characters were better. And like, you know, again, we, we've talked about this, but historically, like first seasons of TV shows are not really that good. Just yeah, generally. They're often rough. Mm-hmm. And historically, TV got TV shows often got more opportunities. Well, I mean, like mostly like white audience, white casted shows, but um, got more opportunities to find their footing. It's just in contemporary times with the sort of Netflix like two and done model where like we expect the first season of shows to be sensational. So mm. <clears throat> I feel like like, thank God it's a huge thank God Star Trek is a huge like uncancelable <laughs> right. franchise. Right. And that they they were able to get their footing. I love Michael this season. Like mm-hmm. I I was always kind of like, Meh, I don't know. And and I wasn't sure if it was the writing. I wasn't sure if it was the acting. And I was like, no, it was sure shit wasn't the acting because um, what's her face? Sonequa Green is phenomenal and wonderful. And mm-hmm. like her facial expressions and like she like this role now sits so much better for her, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it helps that she has good hair now. <laughs> you know? It does help. Listen. <laughs> it, it does. I'm like, oh shit, you are beautiful. Like before, it's like, I don't know what they're doing to you. You're fucking weird. But like, um, I, I just feel like they there are a lot of things and we, you know, we've gone into them in each of these these recaps of like <clears throat> there are choices that they're having Michael make. Like the I really want Michael and book to like go off on their own. I like that Michael was questioning Starfleet and like her role in this space, but like we all know that she wasn't going to leave it. And that I found a little frustrating because I was like, but, but I want that, (laughs) you know? So like that kind of stuff. But overall, I really, I liked the season more. I feel like it had a, a, a really, a much better mix of like the shit we love historically about Star Trek that like, the it boring bureaucracy diplomacy shit that like I f- I can't get enough of, um, with <laughs> you know, but with the action, with the like the mystery, with all the other things that they're trying to like contemporize or make mm-hmm. more contemporary. Um, so I I thought overall it is it is much better, and this is kind of grading on a curve, you know, like obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I still wasn't like, oh my god, new Star Trek is out today. I need to watch it. I like I watched both episodes together every week right before I needed to record. You know, yeah. you know, like it wasn't like I was like, oh, got to do this now. We're like, you know, the expanse. I'm kind of like, oh shit, it's Wednesday. I got to watch the expanse now. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, so that's kind of where I, I I land with this. But overall, I'm 
I'm I'm finding a lot more joy um, in this experience mm-hmm. with the show. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I I all of that makes total sense. You know, yeah. it makes total sense. And you know, I imagine that um, when we finally get season four, who knows when you know that will grace our screens. But when we finally get to season four, it will ultimately feel even more like um, you know kind of the the Star Trek adventures that we've become used to across other properties. Because now, like, we've sort of figured out the mystery behind the burn. You know, Osira has been dispatched. (laughs) You know, I mean, granted, the Emerald Chain is still there, but... But like I, those, the kind of like season long narrative arc of those things, you know, is, you know, effectively over. And so now it's going to be the discovery bopping around like a pizza delivery so. company, you know, I, I, dropping I off so. lithium and stuff. You don't think so? I don't think so. I think that the new model for Star Trek shows, because Picard did this mm-hmm. and because they were doing it, they did it like Picard season one and, uh, Discovery season three are very similar in terms of like a large mystery that they establish in the first episode and they resolve in the last episode and they're never good. The answers aren't good. The resolution isn't good. It's not a good model for them because it's just not interesting. But I think that that is their new model. Like, I think I, that I that's what they're I doing. I don't. I disagree. I think that, you know, the way that this um, season resolved itself <clears throat> excuse me, to me demonstrates that although there may be like, like the B story of season four might contain that red thread that, that goes throughout, you know, the season, I really do think we're going to go back to, you know, I don't want to call it like monster of the week, but certainly planet of the week kind of adventures. I really think that's what's in store. And I, I am willing to put money on this. Um, I like I so strongly disagree with you on that that's really interesting I mean I don't don't care that's what we do we disagree with each other totally I just I like I would be really surprised I would be extraordinarily surprised if they if they did that but like I, I wouldn't be I don't know if I'd be okay with it because here's the thing is that one of the reasons why contemporary TV shows are as compelling as they are is because they have moved away from that model that there is a much more like I mean even okay, actually, I take this back. Something like Buffy has a big bad every season, but every episode is a, is a bless you. <laughs> Thank you. Every season, every episode still is like its own independent thing. And Buffy's like old school, right? It's not a contemporary show. I feel like contemporary television is is um there are more threads and more stories intertwined to make it more complex, which gives it more interest. So that's why I'm kind of like, I don't, I think a, a, a monster of the week kind of thing um, is not going to hold the attention of what they have set up for Star Trek. For, for I, I think that's true. I think that supposition is true when we're talking about like prestige TV um, or, you know, projects kind of of that type. But I think there's still plenty of media that engages with that week by week story. You know, yeah. the first genre that comes to mind is procedurals, which I think Star Trek, you know, has always kind of leaned into that format um, in a way like week on week, you know, like the relationships have been set, um, you know, the the core kind of, you know, like um, tensions and hostilities have been set. But but ultimately, week on week, we're getting new guest stars um, and each thing will be sort of at least part of the episode is going to be self-contained 
um, you know, in a significant way. And then we're going to move forward so that, you know, if you're looking back over the course of a season, you could watch like episodes two, seven, nine, then go back to three and whatever. And there may be questions here and there, but ultimately your viewing experience is not going to be too disrupted. I really do feel they're going to lean back into that. Now, I will be willing to lose my four million quat lose <laughs> that I put on the line, but that's that's what I'm thinking. I want Anyways, to, let's you, talk about you these lose, two episodes. If you lose, I want you to make me a bun me sandwich because that shit that you oh, made was yo, amazing. You know what? Thank you for reminding me because I have the ingredients for that. Hell yeah! And I've been wondering what to make. Like I'm just okay, y'all. This is a very privileged thing to be able to say, but I'm tired of cooking. I mm-hmm. love cooking. But I'm tired of thinking about what to make, making sure that I have the ingredients for it, just that kind of mental energy, um, which it's is not lot. to say that, like, I yeah. just, it is, you know? And I know that there are people who don't have the resources Dude, I do. I ate like, a cantaloupe yeah. for dinner last night because I just couldn't, yeah. like, I just couldn't deal with cooking or food or thinking about it. Seriously. And I mean, you know, like... I don't want to be eating a bunch of, like, easy processed food, but sometimes... You know, like there's <laughs> that shit is convenient for a reason, yeah. you know, because right. you don't have to think about it. Whatever. We're getting off the topic. We are. Let's OK, let's do the recap. So it's 12 and 13. Yeah. Let's get into the actual um, the actual episodes now. Do you want to read the recaps for us? Ebony? I do want to read the recaps. OK. Episode 12. There is a tide. After capturing the USS Discovery, Osiris seeks a meeting with Admiral Vance, my husband, while Burnham and the crew must overcome unimaginable odds as they attempt to regain command of their ship. Uh, Okay, so that was the penultimate episode. Recap for episode 13, That Hope Is You, part two. This is the season finale, folks. And it was crumazing. As the emerald chain tightens its grip and the mystery of the burn is finally solved, Burnham and the crew have one last chance to save themselves and the Federation. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, Okay, let's start with episode 12, which was directed by Jonathan Frax. How do you say his last name? I always say Frakes. I always say it wrong. Um, Why are you like that? I don't know. (laughs) Um, Whenever I see that he directs an episode, I get excited because, um, you know, he's really good at directing Star Trek. I I think Mm -hmm. he's a good TV director in general. Oh, Um, yeah, he is. um, But like, especially because the early seasons of this show were really rough and his episodes were often the best. The standouts, yeah. um, Okay, so I... So Osira takes over the ship. Last week we talked about how like that sucks that they put Tilly in this position to like completely undermine her right away as man, command, yeah. which was infuriating. Um, but okay, so Osira takes over the ship. I, I again for the zillionth time on this podcast, I fucking hate Osiris casting. I think that Yo, it's Anita, so you bad. And me right here, eye to eye, just not good. It's not good. I don't believe that this person looks or talks or acts like that. And I don't Mm -hmm. believe that they're just a green human. Like, I just, (laughs) like, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I think it's me either. But you know what the thing was that got me was the heeled boots. I have a real problem with the way they make um, women or, you know, female coded figures um, wear heels in media. You know, it drives me fucking banana well, soup. in combat type situations. Yeah. Like, yeah. but even without that, I'm just like, you know, like to see someone stalking down the halls of corridor, you know, like the halls of power, you know, wearing heels. Sometimes I'm like, if you're on your <laughs> I don't care how well you walk in heels, like you would have made a different decision. The only person who I um, 
who I accept this from on their show is Philippa Giorgio, you know, because I think like with her, every decision she makes is such a like colossal fuck you. Plus there's nothing <laughs> Michelle Yeoh can't do, you know, but, but for some reason, like it just, it drove me batshit. Uh, that it was like, whatever, go on with what you're saying. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, it's okay. I, I, it's fine. I think, I think that this casting was incredibly poorly done. Um, the, so Osira, so I, I, Osira takes over and like, she tricks her way into the Federation. Um, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, like, how did she get on the ship? How did she magically be able to do this? How, blah, well, whatever. I don't care. I don't enough, care about Anita, Recent events have showed us that it's not as hard to get into yeah. supposedly secure areas as Seriously. you think it might be. So, but I found like, I actually, instead of Osiris, like shooting her way through, um, I really liked that they did the like diplomacy angle that she had a larger vision of yeah. the Federation and the um, Emerald, um, the Emerald chain coming together, which again, we don't know anything about the Emerald chain. So I suspect that we're going to get more of that next season because like we knew that Osira was like kind of the tyrant in the galaxy representing the Emerald chain, but who the fuck is the Emerald chain? You've got discovery and um, e- Ebony's husband, Admiral Vance, who whew, he's, he's delightful. Yeah. <laughs> um, he uh, he talks about this imaginary president, which I assume is a lie like there I, it, unless there is one. But I assume that's a lie. So if there is one, I think we're going to get a little bit more of the like political machinations in season four. Um, but anyways, I'm I'm digressing into um, the, into projecting theories. But, you know, having them sit in a room and be like, this is what I want. And and Vance being like, oh, shit, really? That's yeah. what you want. Like, I thought it was fascinating. And watching him be like, this could be a thing. Um, yeah. And like her demands. I, I especially liked the. I, I liked the the like lie detector hollow. I think that that was like a nice touch to complicate, <laughs> to like complicate and make interesting what would be probably a pretty boring like back and forth dialogue. So um, I, I liked that about that episode. Speaking of the Emerald Chain and us not really knowing, you know, kind of the the larger infrastructure um, or really any of the minutia of the Emerald chain, like what we know of the Emerald chain is Osira who is, who is now dead. Um, I think, you know, going back to our disagreement about how season four is going to be mapped out that what we're going to get is, you know, the Emerald chain as a big bad that occasionally, you know, is alluded to occasionally pops up, you know, um, in episodes like the Borg or like, mm. you know, the dominion in deep space nine. Um, but I, I think, to be honest, I think it would be a mistake to to wrap season four's narrative completely around finding out more about um, the Emerald Chain. I think, you know, often what people want is like missions in space. You know, we want to see different races, different species. You know, we want to see like, you know, Adira being the Wesley Crusher of Discovery and like going to a pleasure planet and, you know, being sentenced to death for being dumb. Like we want all of we want silly episodes. We want all of that stuff. So the way that it ended, like so we'll get into that episode. But just because you're talking about this right now, like it ended with, you know, Michael taking over as captain and and you get this whole like the Navarre is joining the Federation or they're in talks to join the Federation that like the, like people are, are believing in the Federation magically all of a sudden, like it, it was very yeah. whimsical, magical nonsense. So the question is like, is that like, are they going to just 
do all of that in the like last time on this happened kind of thing and then move into a bigger mystery or like is that going to be the next season of like trying to rebuild the federation right and what that means because they did a lot in like a two minute little like montage they really did and like so yeah you know we get navarre um you know agreeing to rejoin the federation but it will be interesting for us to go back and you know um touch base with uh you know, races that we haven't heard from all season, like the Klingons. What's going on with the Klingons? Yeah, they've never even brought them up, not once. Yeah, you know, so, you know, where are they in re, you know, the uh, the, the Federation? And I mean, we talked before, you know, earlier, like in the, the first episode of this podcast season about like the collapsing of the Federation and Starfleet into one <laughs> metonymically, whereby to talk about one is to talk about the other. Um, so I, I suspect we're going to get a lot more of that in season four, which is never something that I enjoy. But let's let's go back to episode 12, the, the Freaks yeah. episode. So we have Osira, you know, um, busting through the gates of the space capital to talk to Admiral Vance. And he's like, yo, the president has empowered me um, to break this up with you. Do you want a bagel or a coffee? Okay, no, let's get right into it. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, so they, you know, they start their negotiations. Meanwhile... Back on, um, back in the nebula, we have Saru, Q, Adira, well, Michael first, and Adira coming upon what they discover is the source of the burn. This this story, like, I I recognize it it was cheesy and whatever, but there were moments of such profound heart for me, um, in those scenes. For one thing, y'all know that this is a Doug Jones stan household. So the fact that we got to see his sweet face without his Kelpian makeup, I was just like, oh, I forgot what you look like as a human being. But I mean, Doug Jones is such a phenomenal actor. When he recognizes that he's going to see the, the face of someone from his own race, you know, after so long. You can see the yearning in him. And Michael is right to identify that like he he has been emotionally compromised and that that's not necessarily a bad thing. That the fact that he is able to be emotionally compromised, you know, just shows like the kind of character that he has. Um, but also I just thought like the the direction and the writing of those scenes as, you know, Michael and Hugh as well as Saru try to gently (laughs) essentially take like a feral child and explain like, Oh, by the way, you're on a ship. This is, you know, like there's stuff. Everything you know is fake. Exactly. Like we're the Federation PS. We're kind of late. Your pizza's free. And you know, like it just, it, it really worked for me. Those kind of like quiet moments while the ticking clock, um, is evident and the progression of like the sores on their faces and the radiation sickness that's, you know, infusing their bodies. But the way that they still took care um, with uh, Sukal. Sukal, yeah, you know, was just really beautiful to me. And then. So uh, we didn't see any of that in episode 12. Um, the reference to all of that in 12 was that, and, and this is actually kind of relevant, is that Michael, um, Wait, does this happen in 12 or 13? Yeah, that happens, that happens like, in 12. Yeah, and so then Michael, Michael gets away at the end of 12 and is like, I'll come back for yeah, you. Yeah, so Michael um, t- sends Paul 
away so that yeah. Paul can't like so and and Paul is like fuck you you're taking everything from me and there's like this incredible tension and it's very much the the trolley problem right Michael's like I have mm-hmm. to save the federation over your family yeah um and and Paul Stamets is like how fucking dare you and yeah. you feel it you feel the tension between both of them and you're like you know it's it's a very intense moment it is and it's a testament to okay y'all I don't know how many more times I can say mea culpa for being so hard on Stamets in season one, but he was garbage. Come on, y'all. Let's let's get it real. But Paul Stamets has become really one of my favorite characters. And it is a testament to Anthony Rapp's performance throughout the course of this season that you bought, you really bought into his affection and love for Adira such that you feel his pain when he's thinking like, oh, my God, not only is I'm in danger of losing the man I love again, but this this lovely person who has become part of my family, you know, who is essentially like a, a product is a proxy child for us. You know, like you really feel that it doesn't ring false at all. And to have that reflected in, um, in Wilson Cruz performance as well with gray on the uh, ship, you know, so, when, when uh, gray realizes uh, that they can see him again. And that hug, I did, tear up you know yeah. like i really did fear up. i mean it was just like okay this queer family is my new favorite thing and i will <laughs> light things on fire if yeah. something happens to them i do um i do want to just say that in that tense moment between stamets and michael where stamets yells out we came to the future for you we gave up everything so you didn't have to mm-hmm. be here alone like that whole scene like cut Woo! oh man it cut deep Um, but yeah, in 13, you do, we do see gray, like the hollow, the hollow recognizes gray, which, which answers the question of like, is gray imaginary or not? Like gray is not imaginary and how everyone's like, yeah, totally. That tracks, (laughs) which I love. Oh, right. Oh, cool. Snuffleupagus. Right. We do see Snuffleupagus now. Yeah, totally. And the fact that gray was really like essential to, um, you know, could go through the radiation. Like Gray wasn't just right. there to be like, I'm real, but you know, could do a thing to help them. But I want to talk about the fact that we are introduced to a character, Aurelio, who is in a wheelchair. Yep. And um he is I, I suspect we're gonna see more of him because he was on I hope the so. he was on the the deck, like the the bridge when we saw that montage at the end. Um, so he, you know, we've talked about like representation of disability on the show a little bit um, that there's like people in wheelchairs in the background, but there's never been a character in one. And so like, this is neat and interesting mm-hmm. and cool. I was really frustrated with this character. Like yeah. the just, it, I I understand like the character was written to serve a very particular role. Um, and I get that except like it was so this this dude is so fucking naive for being such a brilliant scientist and like has been super sheltered from all of Osiris horrific violence and exploitation. Like I just didn't it felt way too convenient to have yeah, this person, you know? Yeah, I I felt kind of the same way. Like I was so pleased to see him. And if I'm I might have misread this or misunderstood, but I think that um that actor is the same actor who was in a wheelchair in an earlier episode, who was just kind of in the background that people went, you know, um, like ape shit over it. And they were like, oh, yo, you know, like disability, like, you know, visible disability in Star Trek. Awesome. You know, um, I think it's the same actor. And so, yes, I hope that this signals um, uh, like a deliberate choice to include, you know, characters like this. 
in more expanded roles in this series and beyond. The thing that got me was the way that he talked about himself um, with uh, in his relationship with Osira. It was a bit too fawning for me, you know? Yes. And I thought, like, this is a very contemporary, like, self-flagellation understanding of disability because he's like I had nothing if it were not for her no one would have looked past my genetic defects and whatever and I'm like is that kind of understanding like really necessary you know if he had been like I was born on a you know backwater planet and you know wanted to explore the galaxy and Osiris gave that to me okay cool but the way that he he framed it as like you know she saw past my genetic defects and I was like defects really like that rankled my craw. But yeah. I, I, otherwise, I really loved him. And I love that. I mean, am I wrong? I, I got the sense that he is also queer, that that Stamets was like, oh, you and your partner and whatever. And I'm like, are they making a very deliberate choice to say partner instead of, you know, like wife um, in that instance? And I'm like, come on. Star Trek Discovery, when you try, you can do things. Like, yes, keep, <laughs> keep grabbing for that brass ring. You know, you're you're, you're making things happen. Yeah, totally. Um, I think the la that last couple of things to point out here is that the bridge crew is, you know, with the help of book, um, is you know trying to take back the the ship, and um, you know, oxygen is being depleted, all the stuff. Da 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 da. Oh, was that in? Oh no, that's never mind. That's in thirteen. Anyways, we do learn that the little robots are the sphere data, the dot twenty threes, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, you're so cute. I love you more of you, please." I knew at the minute, <laughs> the minute they were on screen, I was like, "Oh, Anita is getting her um, DRD fix. She I, is getting like little, you know, just cute robots. They're like <laughs> shin height. That's her jam. Yeah, they're so cute. Okay, so um, episode thirteen uh, is the finale. Finale, and so it. In 12, we get the like taken over the negotiations, the Michael. Um, I'm so confusing both these episodes at one point, like Michael is begging. Um, yes. OK, at the beginning of 13, you have Michael begging the Admiral to let them go with Osira um, yeah. and like being like, trust me, trust me, trust me, even though we're all like, trust you to do what, man? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to get out of this shit. Right. Um, but th this is when we re we go back to. um um, ca not Kaminar, but the ship um in the nebula that they're on, and so here, okay, look, okay, 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 okay. <sighs> we already know that Sukal's emotional outburst caused the burn. Um, so we already knew that that already like came up. We didn't know what caused his emotional outburst, but we know that he caused the burn. So there's this moment in this episode where um Hugh is like. To call cause the burnout. We're like, we already know. Why are you saying it so fucking seriously like that? Like, this is already, you've already expressed this to us. So that annoyed me. But here's the thing. I, and I already said this in the previous episode, like the, I have issues with Sukal in general. Um, I have issues with like, this is your fucking solution to what caused the burn that's created like a, a century of disaster and turmoil and da, 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 da. Um, like, I hate this enormously <laughs> i hate it but i will say one thing is that i really love the representation of grief like i love yeah. the like the I, I don't like that that the repercussions are the entire world got fucked up because of your grief but i do love the like 
grief is uncontrollable. It's uncontainable. It's real. It's huge. It has consequences. It takes over your life. It's enormous, right? Like I like, yeah. I did like that. I do too. And I liked that. I mean, it, it could have been, you know, further refined and complicated a bit, but I do like the exploration of the notion that like grief can, especially grief that happens when you are a child can stop you developmentally in that place and in that time, you know? Um, so there's a way in which, you know, something that happens to you when you're three, four, 10 years old or whatever, there's a part of you that can remain stuck there, you know, um, while the your body grows and the rest of your mind grows around you. There is a part of you that is always going to relate to the world in that same way as the age you were when that happened. Um, and I think that's a really fascinating thing to explore um, that that kind of trauma um, yeah. and what being left alone does, particularly to Kelpians, you know, who we see like the importance of their um, like social bonds and their familial bonds, what that might do, you know. So it's not just that his DNA has been rewritten by, um, you know, his proximity to the radiation, but also because he has grown up alone with hollows, um, but not real people that, you know, he can touch and interact with and who can, you know, teach him who he is. Um, yeah, I, I really thought that was that was pretty well done. Yeah, I I, I, I I like that, too. And it also kind of explains because I think I said last week, last episode that, like, it doesn't really make sense that he um, his development is so fragmented when like the hollows are, are like, I know they're not real people, but like they're pretty fucking real. Right. And there's a lot of them and they are all different kind. Like, I, I don't think that he would have been this developmentally like stuck at that age. But I but now that they gave a little more context, I'm like, OK, like you saw all of this death. You saw all of this, mm. you know, had all of this grief and like and now you're super lost and alone. Right. That you're not with family anymore, which is not the same as like whatever. So that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. The fact that it caused the burn can go fuck itself. That is the dumbest <laughs> shit. Give me a goddamn break that his DNA infused with the fucking dilithium. And therefore Listen, when he gets it's mad, like when he you like grew a cup of tea and it's a little bit too strong, you know, and then you try and save it with a little <laughs> bit more water, a little bit more. You got to start from scratch, you know, like it's tough. It's so, tough. But yeah. So like, you know, I liked, um, either like you sorry you said this like there are parts to this that that are really i thought thought really lovely um yeah you know i like that he they, they had to wrap this up in a bow right like the someone is not going to overcome their fears and trust these people magically that quickly they're not going to mm -hmm. like be ready to you know function in the world and just accept the grief when they're being introduced to it for the first time after like a century. Um, but right. I, but I, I, I was okay with it being wrapped up because it's the end of the season, whatever. And I, you know, I liked that he was like, I'd like to help repair what was broken. Right. Like yeah. I'd like to, to be a part of, um, fixing this, this disaster that I've caused. And, you know, we'll see if he is a part of the next season. If like, you know, could, if you could imagine, like this kid is never going to fucking recover. He yeah. he caused catastrophic. Like forget <laughs> losing your mom. Right. Like <laughs> what? Right. So, I don't know. But okay, so the other thing that's happening while they're on the planet trying to convince Sukal to um to confront his fears is that they're trying to get the rest of the bridge crew is trying to get the ship back, right? So you have um the bridge crew like on the lower decks and um 
which I now think is funny because I watched the first episode of Lower Decks. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, have them on the Lower Decks and Osira like has cut uh, their life support, da 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 whatever. Okay, there's a couple of things happening here that I just need to point out. One, Oowu was like, I can hold my breath for 10 minutes. So like has no impact on the lack of oxygen that's happening. Like that just, <laughs> I don't think that's how this works. I loved whatever. it. I did not care. I loved it. I liked it. I just was like, come on. And the the moment when I was like, um, the moment when I was like, oh, give me a fucking break. Is that if, if, um, if a Wosukun can hold, can like la- survive longer and be more functional longer than everybody else, then every and she she collapses and she's like you know dying basically and you know our little fun sphere data bot pulled her out. Everyone else would have been long dead. Listen, Anita, can you just <laughs> let me have that moment of victory? Oh well, just being a fucking boss, being I know. like, yo, I will take this baton and I, I will run it's and been- drop this bomb and then I'll see a cute little robot. Like, I love that Oh, got that moment of heroism. It's been three seasons and we haven't gotten more of her and it really pisses me off. I know, like, yo, for, right? You know, like her and her girlfriend, but especially Owo. First of all, she also has been a beneficiary of my hair report shenanigans. Her hair looks amazing this season. Um, but I want to hear more about her. Every time she drops some tidbit, even if it's a ridiculous tidbit, like I can hold my breath for her. 10 minutes underwater. <laughs> I'm just like, give Tell me, more. me more. Exactly. You know, like I want to hear more about it. Okay. Um, so then there's another thing where, um, you know, there's some really nice moments where Michael like uses the comms to talk about like Tilly's birthday to give them the like, this is what I'm doing thing. Like, I love that shit. That's yes, my shit. It, if you tried that, I definitely wouldn't pick up on the coded message. I, I if wouldn't you were, be like, able to come up Ebony, <laughs> you know, empanadas across the street from the office, you know, <laughs> like, and I would be like, yeah, that is a good memory. Well, I guess we're going to die. I would not pick up on what we needed. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to come up with one. And so, well, Ebony, if we are ever on a spaceship that gets um, commanded, oh, we're for sure. We're going to die. Gonna die. We are <laughs> for sure among the first to die. We just, uh, we should just throw ourselves out the airlock just to like, <laughs> ourselves. And it's just, it's just us just like doing the like, you know, salute wave as we float <laughs> by the view screen and be like, we just wanted to make it easy on you guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing is Michael is, goes to the, okay, hold on. I've got a lot of stuff about, about this episode. So listeners, all, Michael- can I tell you that we started before we re- started recording and it was like, Oh, my notes aren't organized. I'm not going to have very much to say. Whatever. But the minute just- the mic comes on, she's like, Oh, here <laughs> we go. I'm remembering so many things now. First of all. Okay. I just, I don't even know what order to start. Discovery is like the matrix. Like this spaceship all of a sudden has like, Wait, hold on. I'm confusing shows. God damn it, Ebony. <laughs> Rob, Rob, if you uh, cut that out, I will. No, 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 no. It is. It's your head. It is. It is the show. Remember, because the turbo lifts, it is the show. The mm-hmm. turbo lifts, and like all of a sudden, the turbo lifts are in this weird ass matrix place, and they're like navigating all of this like massively open area that also has. Oxygen I thought it looked apparently. like I thought it looked like the um, train system from Black Panther. You remember the vibranium yeah. hoops? <laughs> I but, was like, but it yep. also looks like the Matrix. That like that technology. Ship, 
That ship is fucking massive. Are you kidding me? And why do they need that much space? You should be using that space for some other shit. That didn't make any sense to me. The other thing that I thought was really funny and weird was that when Michael was fighting with Osira in the the core, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck that is, that they just showed us all of a sudden, um, she like Osira pushes Michael into this weird wall of like brick type things. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what it is. And then she comes out and she's puking Tetris cubes. <laughs> like, Listen, I know okay, you're not as you're not as old as I am, but if for people who are as old as I am, which is 87 years old, do you remember Superman 3 where super <laughs> with you know Superman Richard Pryor is in it and the one of the big bads, the woman like gets wrapped up and turned into a cyborg lady. That's what I seriously thought was going to happen with Michael. It looked just like that. And I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with life right now. Because I don't- if she comes out all wrapped up in those cubes <laughs> and is like, like, in, like a Decepticon too. or something, oh. I'm going to lose my shit. I don't, I don't know the Superman reference, but I totally thought she was going to come out in like a Tetris power suit. Yes. <laughs> And I was Which like this. I would yes, have been absolutely. here for. I just I would mm-hmm. have been okay with that. It's fine. Um and then in the future seasons, she could have some weird Tetris superpower because she like got infected yeah. with this core. Yeah, it Tetris should just be like thing. Tetris activate. <laughs> okay. You know? We gotta talk about Book because Book is my my uh, my lovely boyfriend, because I'm in mm-hmm. an open relationship with both Book and Captain Pike. And uh-huh, uh-huh. I love Book and Michael together. Like, I've said this yeah. five million times. I ca- Their chemistry, the what they're doing, the, the way that they're not, like, like, I was gonna, I'm, like, pussyfooting around with them, like, being in love and, like, being mm-hmm. together. Like, the fact that they did that pretty quickly, I was really happy about. When she's like, is it too early to say I love you? You know, like, I'm just like, no, it's not. Do it. And so <laughs> I love this. This is the best thing ever. And then, like, when they're torturing him, oh, I was so mad. Yes. (laughs) And the fact that Michael, I, like, I was so delighted when Michael, like, knows this ship so well and she was able to free him instead of be, like, tell them how to get the dilithium or whatever. Like, and, and, oh, God, I loved all of that. I love them together so much. I'm I'm worried that... Like, I don't know, what is Book's role going to be with Michael as cat? Well, we didn't even talk about Michael as captain, but like, I what is his role going to be? Like, is he going to, he can't, I don't want him to join Starfleet. Me either. You know, and I mean, I was torn because when it seemed as if um, Michael, you know, was really seriously considering her future on Discovery or within Starfleet, you know, at large, I was like, yes, this this makes sense for her, given her path. And I would have loved her to go off on Book's ship with him and with the Queen and just be living that life as a cat mom, you know, and going on space adventures. But now that she is the captain, it is it does change things. Um, in their relationship, or it should, if the writers are honest about it. And I don't want Book to be um, sidelined in favor of the, you know, like the bridge crew or whatever, but neither do I want him to, you know, I just, I don't know um, how he fits in there. Um, And I think he's going to want to be off doing his own thing. Um, so maybe he just comes in every so often. I don't know. I loved book. I thought he was a fantastic addition so to, good. um, to this series. And I, I think we're, we're going to get more of it because clearly he is able to work the, you know, blue yes. spore drive. I was which, just going to say, honest, like, I was like, that's a little too convenient for me, but okay. I loved it because, so I feel like they really didn't do enough with books, um, like genetic 
genetics and like who he is mm-hmm. and the fact that he is an empath and can talk to animals and creatures and stuff. Like I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, let's see. And and I do love the like, you know, he's he's made it a point to be like, I don't control them. I just ask them to help, you know? Yeah. And like that that came through when there was the tension of like, are we going to get out of here? Are we going to die in this explosion right now? Um, Which also is uh, the scene. I fucking hated this scene where Tilly was like, uh, I'm just going to step back real quick because I fucked everything up. Yeah. You know, like, this is not Tilly's fault. And Tilly didn't, like, she didn't screw everything up. And I feel like... She was great. When she was leading the bridge crew, like, to take back the bridge and take back the ship, she was fantastic. She is a great tactical officer. Yeah, totally. And I just, I'm like, I don't know. They're either going to erase that from Tilly's memory as a character or, like, if, again, like you're saying, if they're honest, like, this is going to fuck her up. Mm-hmm. You know, like that she's she's going to be real nervous about t- taking a- any kind of um, command or th- like that kind of responsibility. So I just I just don't like I hate that. I hate that they did that to her. Um, Same. And then like, OK, so Michael is captain, which I don't I don't like. I got to be honest, like in the absence of Saru, um, which, I don't know who else would be captain. Like if they had to import another uh, male captain, on <laughs> I would lose my shit. Um, I know. So, I mean, I don't, is, there is no I, one else. I don't else. like it for her just because I wanted her to be off doing other things. Um, I don't know. You know. I might be, maybe I'm old school or whatever, but I'm like, but she's kind of young and like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think her talent, like, especially this whole season was about her being like, there are other ways to do things. Right. And like all the stuff with Giorgio being like, now you're learning and you're understanding what the world is like, you know, like it's not just, you know, following the rules and all of the shit, which Michael's never really done, but feels so strongly in Starfleet's values. Um but it's it very much in the model of Captain Kirk. He was a very young captain when he was, you know, uh, first given oh, yeah, the command true. chair. And he was, you know, this rebel and iconoclast. So it's very much in that tradition. Um, so yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. I just, you know, also like, Saru, you can't leave me, baby. Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, what's going on? Like, I'm happy for him to be, you know, to adopt Sukal and like, you know, chill on coming out for a while, go fishing you know, et cetera, et cetera. But you got a job, homie. So remember to clock back in. And so wait, when he comes back, he's not captain anymore. Who knows? Who maybe, knows? Maybe I mean, he comes probably back have like 18 months before season maybe four Maybe she's drops, just so. like interim captain. Well, maybe. Although, you know, Admiral Vance, my husband, did mm-hmm. made it seem like, no, this is... This is what we're doing because I know it did you know, seem we, that we way. cannot we cannot have, you know, we cannot continue to have the kind of uncertainty and like revolving door leadership that we've had up to this point. We need some stability and we need you to get to work. So it seemed to me like, no, she's the newly installed captain, not just, you know, um, for like the interim captain for right now. We'll see. And I mean, and I can totally see, you know, Saru coming back and being like, yeah, okay, I'm cool with being first officer again. You know, I don't know. The people on that ship, like everyone who's not um, on the bridge crew is probably like, okay, who's captain this week? Okay, right on. Okay. (laughs) Also, I mean, really, what they could do is they could be like, we're uh, cooperative now and (laughs) (laughs) like we're just going to operate by committee. It's non-hierarchical. We're going to decide things. Or or a rotating uh, a rotating captain. Right. Like, oh, yeah, I think that that would be dope. I would love to see OO as captain. 
She's so you hot. know maybe maybe not. There's a lot of know, beautiful. Yeah, like people let's on learn show. more about her. But I think, man, I would love to serve under her if you know what I mean. Wow. Just kidding. That was gross. <laughs> That's totally gross. But also, she's gorgeous. Um, so gorgeous. But she's also like such an interesting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm I want more. I hope that she gets to shine in season four. Same. Um, all right. Uh, oh, we have to talk about just very briefly the so in previous episodes when Saru was taking over, he was trying to figure out what his like, let's go at, like energize yeah. or whatever. Or not energize. Jesus. <laughs> Wrong command. Um, mm-hmm. um, what are they? I don't even remember. He was trying to figure it out. And I thought that was a really cute moment. Like it was really delightful. And so Michael's was let's fly. Hated it. <laughs> Hated, Hated it. it. <laughs> Like I was like, this Let's is fly. cute for the end of the episode, but like right. you can't say that every time. That's yeah, exactly dumb. right. Can you imagine being in like <laughs> <laughs> like a tense situation and being like, "Let's fly," you know? Like ah, it's kind of cheesy. I don't like. Yeah, totally. So she's gonna have to rethink that one for sure. Agree. All right, give us the long-awaited hair report, Ebony. Whew, okay, this is probably not gonna be as long and as complicated as y'all suspect, simply because. T to B, top to bottom, I was so happy with the way that they delivered on the hair front in this season. Now, y'all know I had to call in and give a special interim hair report (laughs) when we (laughs) took the journey from, you know, Michael's um, very adorable, lovely 4B, 4C curls, then down to her, you know, down the back braids. um, And I was like, okay. You're gonna need to show me some some intermediary steps about where the Kanekalon came from, who put those braids in. Yeah, who who's did those install. braids? I really I am she, curious. You know, she, she had time. I'm sure she, you know, learned how to do it herself. But I was like, looks good. You know, I just want to see the progression. Um, oh well, they tightened her shit up. They the cuts, the fade on the sides is nice and crisp and clean. Very happy. Books hair. Ooh, luscious, moisturized. I could sink He's my so hands dreamy. into it. Admiral Vance, my husband. Y'all see what that man can do with some product? Do you see <laughs> the salt and pepper glory mm-hmm. that Oded Fair brings to our screens? And that uniform, you know what? Y'all should be signing up to pay that man money every week because he just looks good. <laughs> so, yeah. Hair Report says, I am I am incredibly pleased with the work that's been done. Um, it really helps my enjoyment of the show to not be wondering like who put so-and-so's wig on crooked this week why are they messing up someone's hairline no you know hair doesn't sit or come out of the top of the head like that what is going on you know like I just love that those questions are resolved that they have spent the money and the time to do something that is vital as far as I'm concerned to the storytelling do you remember baby do you remember baby Michael on Vulcan (laughs) that's gonna make me laugh to my dying day i'm gonna be in hospice care and i'm gonna remember her with that wig and i will fall out i will fall out and the ivs will pop out of my arm because that shit was hilarious to me i think it's it is uh it is frustrating that um they didn't they didn't do like they're like we're going to have a diverse cast and they didn't understand necessarily what that meant for all of the other um uh crew positions right in terms Mm -hmm. of like Maybe lighting needs to think about things differently and hair and makeup need to think about things differently. But like, it sounds like they are sorting their shit out now. Yep. Yep. They got there. Season three. I'm loving it. 
All right. So let's uh, let's do some ratings where, you know, you know, the drill out of whatever. Break yeah, up the so episodes, am I, am I rating these two episodes or am I rating the season? Oh, both. OK, <clears throat> I'm going to give um, a collective grade for episodes 12 and 13. I. I really, really enjoyed the work that uh, the characters were doing with Sukal. Like it just it was such, you know, an emotional gut punch for me on with all of those characters. So for that reason alone, these two episodes would get a B plus, A minus from me. You know what? I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give these two episodes a B plus because the high points would have gotten an A, but Osira, like her casting, you know, kept fucking with me. Book sticking his hands in the Slurpee. I'm like, eh, that doesn't <laughs> work for me. You know, so the things that didn't work got like a solid C grade. Not enough for me to hate the episodes, but enough for me to be not, not with it. So averaging it out, I'm going to give this episode a solid B, B plus. Cool. These two episodes. Um, for the season, definitely a B. Like I said, it didn't knock my socks off, but also... You know, it didn't have me like questioning my will to live as, you know, the prior two seasons <laughs> often did. I didn't get like, even though we got two episodes of the mirror universe, they just didn't reach for me the total heights of the, and, oh, man, the season one mirror universe episodes. <laughs> just like, I, I talk about shifting DNA. I think it fundamentally changed me on a genetic level <laughs> to see how that goes. <laughs> And I've, re- I've been chasing that dragon ever since. Um, so, you know, I'm giving, I'm giving it a B. You know, and actually, here's a question before we move on to your ratings. I have a coworker who is a longtime Star Trek fan, but she has been slow to continue watching uh, Discovery because she has a really hard time with depictions of sexual violence and assault. And so she wanted to know whether she should power through season one, because she knew that was a, you know, um, that was an element, like she had already seen some of the stuff that happens to Tyler, um, or if she should give up. And I was like, you know what? I honestly don't remember how much, I know that like his PTSD causes him to have flashbacks. So it definitely is recurring. And also his reaction to that trauma informs a lot of what happens in season one. But I couldn't honestly remember. Yeah, so I was like- that's what, I, I told to her to skip to two. I was like, just skip to two. But I said, Ugh. I'm going to ask the people on the podcast because I don't want my memory to mm. be the, you know, the last word on this. So if you're someone who is also sensitive to these things and has watched the show, hit me up at Ebony Aster on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts. And I told her I would convey those uh, listener opinions to her as to whether she should skip the rest of season one um, or if it was safe to, to continue watching. I think she watched like the first half of the season and just wanted to know if she should watch the, the last. Um, I think you should uh, also a really good place to ask that is the feminist frequency discord in the Star Trek discovery channel. Oh yeah. 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 Cause those folks are paying, paying close attention to this too. Right. on. Um, I, I, my recommendation is skip straight to three because one and two could fucking die in a fire in a dumpster fire. And three like is, feels like a fresh start. Oh, no, listen, if you skip two, you're going to miss just the hot jam sandwich of baby Spock. Like, like, you wouldn't want to miss that shit because it is bonkers. I mean, that's true. If you are a Star Trek fan, you like, might want to experience was, that. My <laughs> and also Captain Pike. 
Yeah, exactly. How are you going to tell her to miss seeing your husband? Uh, All right. Um, Okay. My rating is going to be, I'm going to rate them together because I don't have the energy to break them apart. So I'm going to rate 13 and 12, 12 and 13 together. And I'm going to give it, I'm actually going to give it a four out of five uh, hollow lie detectors because I like, I I enjoyed these episodes. I think that they did some good stuff in it. And um, I I didn't hate watching them. So, Mm -hmm, (laughs) you know, mm -hmm. there you go. Um, And then I'm going to give the whole season. I'm going to give it a. I don't know if I want to give it a B plus or an A minus. I didn't think about this because like I liked this season. Yeah, go for it. You know, I bet if you go like if you go like episode by episode and like listen to my opinions, like they're going to fluctuate. But like grading on a curve, like I would give this an A minus because I just I fucking love what they did to to Michael. I love book. Mm -hmm. I love the like Voyager feels of like exploring new lands. Um, I I just liked it. I feel like it's a I really feel like season three is a fresh start for this show that was kind of a disaster before. And I like I, I am now not re- reticent to go into season four like I was every other season of this show. You <laughs> All know? right. So that that's that. Yeah, I'll give it that. All right. Awesome. Um, so that's it for Star Trek Discovery season three. We will wow. be back with whatever the next Star Trek show is because there's like two more coming. Seriously. Like, there's a season two of Picard. There's a Captain Pike show. Is that real? Or is that, did I make that up? There's also is, the, there's also the um, Giorgio show that's going to come right. at some point. So there's, we're going to be around for, there's going to be, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. going to be a lot of Star Trek happening. There's so. a lot of material. Um, if you're not subscribed to us, do that so that you know when we reappear. Um, but in the meantime, you can catch us every week at Feminist Frequency Radio. Uh, and you can learn more about that at patreon.com slash femfreak. So thank you, everyone, for going on this journey with us. Thanks to all of the amazing guests who came on. And oh, I, this yeah. season, this was a really fun season to uh, to do. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, everybody. Let's fly. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Anita. Rob, oh, cut right after that. Why didn't I see that coming? I, <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> I've been prepping for the last 20 minutes. I'm going to go. I'm going to go hide in a cave real quick. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just be in. I'll just be radiating my brain in the (laughs) the nebula. Uh, Bye. I do it for the people. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 